What's up, man? What's up, bro? What is it? What like you coming over there? Our intro song. Oh, oh yeah. Whoa, whoa. It's catchy. It's catchy as hell. It is. And we got, I had some some plies and Neo going all morning. Yeah, you was all over the place. Oh, man. Had, it was it was playing at 4.30 in the morning when I was driving in to the radio station. Yo, Neo. Neo won the mask, the mask Singer. Did you watch that show? I used to. What what was he dressed as? I haven't watched any of this season, was a, but I used uh, to watch it. Oh, man. No, I was going to say a Yeti, but uh, my kids are going to kill me. Uh, he's like, he was white, some kind of big fluffy thing. Like I don't know if... I don't the know abominable if snowman? Something like that, I think. No, he was a cow. Never mind. He was a cow. Yeah, How do you go from abominable snowman to cow? <laughs> he's a cow. He won. But the thing is, he knew exactly. He was an airplane. He was an airplane. Yeah, was no, he was a truck. He was a truck. No, he he was definitely a cow. I don't know how it just came back to me just now. I just knew he was white. But there's already been a Yeti. I think T Pain was a Yeti. I think like he was the, the Yeti. In the early I remember years. when he was on it in the early yeah. years. Yeah, he I remember sing. when Gronk was on it. T P T Pain just can't sing. He can sing. Like he can T-Pain, blow. Have you heard T Pain doing country music? Yeah. He's fantastic. He was he was belting out some Tennessee whiskey. Because I go all over the place. I'm in country, rock, RB yeah, rep. I, I like it all I do too. everything except for like really hard head banging, like the screaming rock music, like where they got the right. the girl on stage just piercing your ears. That's about the only thing I don't listen to. I'm very I'm all over the place, dude. I, I can have we go should a whole do, day 80s pop all day. We Early should 80s do tomorrow. Pop, like some we Duran, should put Duran. this up. Oh yeah. <laughs> We should um, put this out into the Twitter sphere for tomorrow's show. Let's get feedback from people. Let's. We should get what our playlist would be going into the the playoffs this weekend. Because we're both going to be tomorrow's going to be a long day for me because we're twenty four hours from game time. Come tomorrow for me. Oh yeah, I know you're pretty excited about that. It's on, man. I'm over here googling like, can I get to Houston this weekend? Can I make it happen? Is there any way? Because tickets are only. Houston fans, I'm ashamed of you. Tickets are only $60. Are you serious? Yeah. For their playoff game? Tickets are only $60 to get into the Houston Texans-Cleveland Browns playoff game. So the tickets are low. That means the plane tickets must be reasonable. Yes. Browns fans are about to take over that place because I see everybody showing their little uh, confirmations of where they're heading down in Houston. And I'm like, man, can I make that happen? I can't, but... If I think about it hard enough and maybe drink a little bit, I might be able to talk myself into it. You can use your uh, superpowers, the little the maybe, little bewitch teleport and just teleport. Down maybe, there. maybe if I send Liz to Atlanta to watch the Steelers game with you on Sunday, I fly her down to Atlanta so she can be the good luck charm for your Steelers, and uh-huh. then I will just go to Houston. She'll never know. I'll get back before she does Sunday morning, and then Make she'll happen, fly back. Man. Make it happen. I gotta, I gotta finagle this. She doesn't listen or watch, anyways. She thinks I mean, I'm obnoxious. You got what do y'all call yourself? Browns country, Browns nation. We're the dog pound. Dog, the dog. Oh yeah. Hashtag dog I, pound. I think I did know that. So the dog pound is and going then, down to Houston, hoping that your, your, I guess supposed candidate for defensive player of the year and Miles Garrett shows up in a big way against CJ Stroud. Supposed, supposed, supposed. He's, I mean, he's not. He shouldn't be the defensive player of the year. Yes, he, he should. We all know that TJ Watt's the best yes, he defensive player in the world. We know this. If we're going, if we're going by best defensive player in the NFL, then it would be Aaron Donald every year. No, I think T. No, Aaron has fell off a little bit. Aaron is so great. TJ. TJ has not. How dare you? How did he yeah. speak that blasphemy, man? Come on, get get out your feelings. TJ Watt has not gone down. <laughs> he is he has been a steady diet of greatness that has always moving up. He's always climbing the ladder, always improving, always getting better. He finds a way to get to the quarterback when there supposedly is no way to get there. When there are no holds being called. He's the one that led the charge you think, for Miles you think Garrett, he's a- for Micah Parsons and his no. whole lack of holding. He was the one that brought it up first. And then everybody you else think jumped on board. He's the only one who's been getting held. No, he's not. I'm not going to deny that. No, like okay. he has. Miles is beginning held. Mike is beginning held. I mean, I think it's a 
problem all over the league. But TJ brought him. TJ's a great player, but this ain't his year. Oh, I mean, I knew that coming in because there was this conspiracy. I could just feel it coming into the season that everybody wanted Miles Garrett to win it. Like, I just felt it. Like, the MVP. Like, you felt that last year the league wanted Josh Allen to win the MVP. Like, you just felt it. Like, you know what I'm talking about. This year, it just seems to be this, this contingent of folks who are just exa- not exaggerating. Miles is a great player, don't get me wrong, but they are definitely overemphasizing some of these analytics to give him the edge in um, this defensive player of the year. Though. It's ridiculous because when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it. Tell me the nitty-gritty, Trey. The nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty dirt band. Give it all to me. Story that Miles has that's better than T.J. Watt. Not one. Not a one. Okay. Okay. So now so, start using these PF, PFF advanced analytics to give well, Miles pro, fo- pro football edge. focus sucks. Or pro, okay. pro football focus sucks. And I found out it's based out of Ohio. So, of course, of course, they would favor the Ohio players, even though oh, it's in Cincinnati. So the, the fix is in. I get it. I'm not that upset over it. Because I figured it, I saw it coming at the beginning of the year, so I prepared myself for this. But TJ is the best defensive player on earth, and there's no no argument that you can make, I think. But I'll hear it out anyway. Let me hear what you got to say. So we pride ourselves on being authentic, and yeah. we're not caricatures. What we say is how we really feel, even if we bust each other's balls a little bit here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I'll... I will give ground to one point and you see it with MVP and stuff too. People get voters fatigue with some guys Mm -hmm. and obviously TJ can fall as a part of that. You want to talk about two or three stats as an offensive lineman, right? Okay. Let's say, let's say Jed Wills, right? Jedrick Wills for the Browns. Let's say he got more. Yeah, let's say he got more pancakes in a year than Orlando Pace. Would that make Jedrick Wills better than Orlando Pace? More valuable than Orlando Pace? Pancakes and sacks do not equate. But I, I, I I don't, I don't like this analogy. I'm sure you don't, because you're talking about 15 plays out of a season. We're talking about 19 plays in TJ Watt, and not what they do on every single play. You want to know, so you want to talk about the metrics that they use to determine TJ Watt was better. How many times has TJ Watt been triple teamed? Not double teamed, triple teamed. He gets triple teamed. He has to go through a not tight as, end and a right not tackle as much and a as running Miles back. Garrett, I'm sure you show me the stats and I'll believe you. But we'll come full circle back to all of this. You know who TJ Watt is this year. Years past, it was different. TJ Watt this year is Russell Westbrook. TJ Watt is a guy who is. What are you talking about? He is filling stats up, and his team team and his defense. This is is where you're going. His team and his defense is just meh. It's just mediocre, as Richard Sherman once said, mediocre. That defense is mid. It is mediocre. You know what? What do you consider mid? I'm about to look up a stat because I think I consider the fact that the Steelers as a team are in the middle or bottom third of the league in every defensive category, except for one or two. That's false. And I'm about to, I'm about to prove it to you in a second, but they're at the, they're near the top in points per game. Right. And I think we might be better than y'all. They are better than the Browns in points per game, but that's because we have core. What, what goes in, what goes into points per game? Do they, do they, do they subtract the pick sixes by your offense? Yeah, but come on. Like, we've had just as many pick sixes probably as No, well. you have not. How many have you gotten? I want to say nine or ten. Fumble and pick sixes this year. You have given away? Is that what you're saying? Yes. All right. So you realize the, the Steelers are – oh, hold on. No, that's that's oh, that's definitely offense. That's horrible. No, that's not us. But so I've points got it for game. you. I've, yeah, points per game, the Steelers are better by two points per game. I just covered points per game. You want to know who's number one in yards per game? And that's where my problem lies, yards per game versus points. What You're considers the other team. 
you're stopping the other team. Right. But who is the best defense in the NFL? The Browns are one of two or three best defenses in the NFL. The Steelers are, are they better the than Baltimore? I'm not saying no, they are. That's no, I don't think they are. I think are Browns they better than Kansas City. They are. Yes. Hmm. Yes, they are. Are they better than San Fran? That would be the other one that, especially. That's a toss-up for me. Our, I think San Fran's. Defensive line is better. Our linebackers and defensive backs are better, but their defensive line is so good. There and actually, no, San Fran is probably because of their linebackers, they're probably a better defense. So let me give you this analogy. If a quarterback throws for 4,500 yards. Mm-hmm. And 20 touchdowns, and another quarterback throws for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Okay. Who's the better quarterback? What's his team's record? They're both in the playoffs. But what's his team's records and who finished higher? The one with the 30 touchdowns finished slightly lower than the one with the 20 touchdowns. So you can go ahead and say TJ Watt finished lower. His team finished lower. Yeah, and his offense was worse than the first one. So am I going to take – am I going to put Justin Herbert or Kirk Cousins in a healthy year over Brock Purdy in an MVP race? No, I'm not. Even though you know how I feel about Brock Purdy, if your down team is stretch. just mid, it is just – eh. Down the stretch in the games that both those guys played. We're not going to count the last game, okay? We're not going to count Baltimore. Right. And we're not going to count Cincinnati. All right. Baltimore's playing their second string and you guys Miles didn't play. Miles didn't play. And so that's that counts. That takes away two sacks right there from TJ. Puts him at 17. Still, within the last month, last five games of the year. Okay. TJ, five sacks, one force fumble. Miles Garrett, one sack, no force fumbles. TJ Watt, 27 tackles, Miles Garrett, 14. In the last month of the season. Also, the defense in that same frame, time frame, Steelers gave up 122 points. The Browns gave up 151. This is to close the season, not counting the last two games. Okay, last so game for each team. Is defensive so, player of the year only given out for the last five games of the season now? No. I mean, they both were neck and neck up until that point, and then TJ pulled away at the end. He no, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't close until that point. What do you mean? Miles Miles was ahead. So TJ Watt's been leading the season in sacks for most of the year. Let's not let's not just cherry pick the information like we're picking five games. So you want to talk about the points given up? The Browns were blowing teams out, so there were garbage points scored with Miles not on the field. That's number one. Number two. How many of TJ Watt's co-cap or co-teammates, whatever you want to call them, his it's Robbins to his Batman. How many of them got hurt? You lost Casey due to in or due to suspension. You lost Casey. We haven't had Mika in that entire time frame. And Mika, those were the only two, right? No, and all of our linebackers, every single one of them. They're not good anyway. No, don't 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 ask that question <laughs> and not count the answer. Like our our defense was decimated, so the uh, the urgency that TJ had to play with was even more evident towards the end of the season because he was playing with a very decimated defense. We were playing. Practice. There was nobody else left to get stats. He was at the end of the season. He was like Kyrie Irving on all the Cavs the when he was drafted. given to him because he was legit the only threat. Now we got Alex Highsmith, which helps, but you guys have a nice Robin on your team too. I guess, so I, guess Cam Hayward's, I guess Cam Hayward's just a bum now. No, he's, he, he's not the Cam Hayward. Old. And he was also banged up a little bit too, coming off a groin injury. He, yes. So. Who is a, and you know, who was also hurt and banged up playing with one arm. Who? Miles Garrett. I don't care. He was he was on the field. <laughs> he was on the field. I don't want to hear that mess when you're actually playing. So anyways, okay? anyways, what I'm saying is you have a team who won more games, finished higher in the division. Let's also not discount the fact that some of your games against Arizona, against 
New England, there was in gross we weather. Really nitpick, we gonna really nitpick these stats now? Like nitpick the well, games? What, I mean, what, you, you were the one who brought up the last five games. So yeah, I brought up the last five, five games, games. Just to show you, show you how TJ finished. Okay, so then let me ask you this. Is Houston's defense better than Pittsburgh's? Do they're I need probably, to remind you? They're probably close do, to the same, actually. Do I need to remind you of what Gardner Minshew did to the Steeler defense it a month ago? It happens. That's within the last five games, right? Yeah. Gardner, that's that's our one outlier right there. That 30 points that Mark Gardner Minshew put up on us. So, I mean, and that was our first game without Mika, or maybe our second game without Mika. We didn't have KZ. KZ got knocked out that game because he hit Pittman, so we didn't have a secondary. We right. didn't have any safeties at all in that game. So let me let me um, let me do a real quick Google on the inner sphere here. Do what you got to do. Let's go down. Let's go down the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers schedule over those last few games, and you, you're welcome to pull it up your, yourself so that we can make sure we're looking at the same thing. But. I want to see. You guys didn't exactly go through a murderer's row either. Those last. No, but I I'm talking about the whole season, not just nitpicking the last five games. So again, we're not talking about the game against Baltimore. We agreed that's off the table because the last week of the season was the last week of the season. So you played the Bengals. That was a good win in showing by the defense. But who didn't the Bengals have when you played them? Jake Browning. The old line was there. Have, they didn't have Jamar Chase either. The first game? No, the the one you just won, December 23rd. They didn't okay. have Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase. That's then right. we we talked about the stomping by the Colts. You got 21 put on you by Bailey Zappi. 24 put on you by Kyler Murray in a monsoon. Lost to P.J. Walker. Or no, I'm sorry, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. These are all your last five games that you're quoting. I'm just telling this you how your, TJ finished the last five games. We're not talking about the team. This is not a team reward. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a team reward. I'm telling you what but TJ did. But it's based on his outback. It's based on team metrics. It's based on team metrics. You see, you see how far you got to stretch to try to pull Miles Garrett. This is what oh, you stretch. Like could, Nacho Libre. Really... You remember Nacho Libre? That. <laughs> That's a nice stretch over there, Mr. Fantastic. I'm not stretching because I'm not I'm not flexible, but (laughs) I don't have to stretch. All I gotta do is say the eye test tells me Miles Garrett's just a better player than TJ. In what year does a guy who got 14 sacks get the defensive MP over the guy that got 19? Who had the same amount of force fumbles, who is who actually makes an impact in coverage, who had more pass defense, more less tackles, less tackles for loss. Like I'm, I'm trying to understand you, this. I'm going to give you another person to compare to since we don't want to use the quarterback ones. We don't want to use the offensive line one. We're throwing out all the analogies that don't suit your narrative right now. The, the pancake way. analogy was not good. That was not good. <laughs> it's not the same as getting sacked. So Believe anyways. Me, I, I wanted to, but it doesn't. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you one more. Um, Was uh, Diggs, cornerback, Dallas, hurt this year, right? Yeah. Led the league in interceptions. Is he a better corner than Denzel Ward? Is he a better corner than Darrell Revis was? Because Darrell Revis never got a lot of interceptions. Oh, you can't. I think he, him and Ward are neck and neck. I think they do different things better than the other person. Nobody so I, on that team gives up more passing yards than Diggs. He just has the ball fall in his hands a lot. He gets cooked. If you watch any Dallas tape, he gets cooked. He's, he he's around the ball oh, because they really, throw at him a lot. He's I, around the ball I do because realize they throw he gives up a lot of big plays, but he gets a lot of turnovers, game-changing turnovers too. And Bland, like a wide receiver actually, getting who, forty. Who's better? Who's better, Deron Bland or Denzel Ward this year? Who played better? Deron Bland. Right. Okay. And I, I, I'm not a Denzel Ward guy. Like I think no. Denzel Ward is great in coverage, but it annoys the piss out of me that he misses three to five games a season every year. Every year, like it's every year. it's really annoying to me. But when you're a if if you're a basketball player and you take forty shots, you're not going to brag about scoring fifteen. 
if you're a wide receiver and you get 22 targets a game, are we going to brag about catching four passes? Diggs gets the ball thrown at him all game, every game, because he can't cover, but he got 10 picks in a year. Okay, but that's not a – that doesn't correlate. They, so They both passed the pressure about the But set. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, okay. TJ Watt is getting sacks in a lot of times in mop up duty because of the pressure what? that Hodgson. We have what? <laughs> what? Mop up duty? We have not had one game at all where I don't even mop, mop up. I don't even believe that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about where you guys are ahead. I'm talking about High Smith gets the pressure. And TJ Watts just there to catch him as he falls. I know you don't believe that. That was no, I don't. I don't even believe that. One. <laughs> but what's great about this is, for me, what's great about this, and I, this is a serious analogy that I'll use, is I really think, especially between the Browns and the Steelers fan bases, what this reminds me of is back early to mid two thousands, the the Kobe and LeBron debate, because they are both great players. Like we've talked a number of times, like I've told you, if records were reversed, if some of the overall team success was reversed, TJ Watt is above miles on my stuff on even the MVP list, not even defensive player of the year. Like they would both be up there because I hate that that's just a quarterback award. But this is for our respective fan bases. This is the LeBron Kobe debate of who's better. And then you're like, you could go down such a rabbit hole of nitpicking certain statistics. And, and yeah. They're both great. We've both we had are, to. We are picking at straws stretch. right now. Yes. <laughs> we are picking. I'm not stretching. You just got to stretch to get up to TJ. You're far more You're far more flexible than I am. No, I will say this. And I think this is a league that likes body types, prototypes for certain positions. And this starts all the way at the combine where we used to go through that the damn meat show where you had to go <laughs> your little little draws they were they was draws there's little tiny they called them shorts <laughs> but they was draws and we used to go out there and just nothing else but these draws on and go in front of these coaches and you had to bend down like this and go to the side do a profile oh no the nfl loves their body types and there is no better body type at the defensive end position than miles gary he looks like a greek guy he is a freak Yes, he is, he is a, a freak. And, in and not in a he is a freak in like the most flattering way you can call someone a freak. Like right. the dude is just him and David and Joku may be the two best body types in the NFL. Right. Pause and no homo, but it's okay. Like he has a wonderful body. Like I yes. wish my body looked like that as well. Like I got a lot of work to do. I have <laughs> I made some goals this year. <laughs> I made some goals, some New Year's resolutions. I'm gonna get right all of, but I don't even want to look like Miles Garrett because that's it's a lot of pressure to look that damn good all the time. I just want one ad. Just give me one. That's all I need, and I'm gonna we, get there. We, we we can't be having that. We're married. We got wives. We'll be out here like the Matrix, like Neo, <laughs> swatting these groupies away if we look like Miles Garrett and no, yeah, and exactly. David and Joku. Can't be having but that. My wife, I, my wife, she, <laughs> so you, she'll start feeding you, forcing you eat this. Here's Eat a cheesecake. Cheeseburger. <laughs> Eat these fries covered in cheese and bacon. But mm, I think this mm. works against TJ a lot mm. because he is slight of build. He does not look like your typical DN. He's probably about, I don't think he weighs more than 250, maybe 245, especially towards the end of the year. He's long, lean, not really that cut up. Um, he's not like sloppy by any means at all. He, he's put together, but he doesn't look like Miles Garrett. If Miles Garrett. Let me say this one thing. If Miles Garrett put up the numbers that TJ did, he would win Defensive Player of the Year every year because he looks like he's supposed to do that. One more thing that TJ Watt has going against him, and I've nobody else wants to talk about this, they would never admit it either, is his name. It, people have additional fatigue from him because of his brother being up there right. for so long. That's true. I didn't even think and about that. That's he's... In all intents and purposes, TJ's better than JJ. Definitely he's been more, more productive. productive. He's been yeah. more productive. Right. So he's just been better than JJ Watt in a lot of ways. JJ's body broke down towards the end, and I still think JJ Watt is a Hall of Famer. No doubt. Yeah. 
and he'll go down as one of the great DNs of all time or edges or whatever they want to label them now. But there's an additional level of fatigue there with TJ Watt because for 10 years we had JJ Watt thrown in our face so, year yeah. in and year out. So and they look exactly the same. They do. Except for JJ is probably body-wise closer to Miles Garrett than he is TJ. Because the dude is yes. Yeah, he's he's big, he's wide. But I'm saying they're together. not like they're not like athletic freaks. They're not running a four four forty. They're savants. They're very very football smart. Have a very high football IQ, and nowhere. You want to know who I really think the best comp is for T.J. Watt as a football player? Just take position out of it. Is another Steeler, and it's Troy Polamalu, because he can go off script, and he's not supposed to be here right now. But he is, and he makes the play. They just have football instincts, like elite, elite football instincts that they just see things before they happen or right when they're about to happen. And yeah, I would agree. And Miles Garrett is just a Greek guy playing defensive end, and so he's gonna he's gonna dirty dick you all over the field and just make you realize his greatness. And nobody that big, that tall, is that bendy. It's crazy how bendy he is coming around yeah. the corner. But I'm done giving him compliments. That's enough. TJ's the defensive player of the year. Everybody he's else knows it. Everybody knows he's, he's the best player on the planet. Has been. Nope. TJ Watt with Aaron is Jaden Daniels. TJ Watt is Jaden Daniels. And college football messed this up. The Heisman should have been Michael Penix. And it wasn't. And the NFL is not going to make the same mistake this year. No, the defensive Miles player is going to be Jaden Daniels. Miles no. is going to probably get the DPOI. Miles isn't on the Miles isn't on the mid team. Miles is on the soon to be AFC champion Cleveland Browns. Hold on, number one defense in the league, Cleveland Browns. Quotations around that or asterisks. If your number one team is just yards and gives up all those points, okay, whatever. Well, it's well they 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 lead in yards per game, pass yards. I mean, you, you take but you're like sixteenth versus the run. Like, I don't know how you can claim best defense and you're. Like that should be like the bones and base of any defense is stopping to run. You guys are like average. It's a passing league. You give up something. <laughs> what what is the Steelers defense excellent at? Stopping to run. We're better than y'all. No, they're 11th. They're like two spots ahead of us. It's better. And we're we're elite at taking the ball away. Look at our turnover. Okay, margin. Kobe. Okay, Kobe. And we'll all admit that LeBron was better. We're Lita taking the ball away. And what's the name <laughs> of the game? Taking the ball away. Turnover margin is the most directly correlated stat to win. Do I need to call do I need to call Coach Herm again? The name of the Go game ahead. is you play to win the game. You play, you play to, to win, win the game. The game. You and who's won more games? Oh, just got some breaking news. Your boy MSJ is entering the draft, but I think everybody knew that. Yeah. I think everybody Maserati Marv. Right. <sighs> But so yeah, man, there's like, a lot of there's a lot of Buckeye fans around here that are like, maybe he'll come back. A, he was never coming back. But do you need more writing on the wall than the fact that they paraded Will Howard out in Marvin Harrison's number? They just straight gave him 18. <laughs> right. I can't believe nobody's like, they're like, oh, he's going to come back and blah, 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 blah. No, he's not. It's if he chose to, great. But this is what they do. They wait until the last minute. They try to figure it out. More importantly, they talk to NFL circles because I'm sure there's certain teams – Marv doesn't want to go to, even though he doesn't seem like the type of kid that would ever come out and say it. Mm-hmm. If he could avoid Chicago, he wants to avoid freaking Chicago. I don't know. Maybe he might want to go there, go with his boy Justin, see what could happen up there. If he's there, you don't know who's going to be there. Yeah, you don't know who's going to be there. But speaking of fans, and because this has been a debate, word- this Miles TJ thing has been going on between Browns and Steelers fans. Because now that you've got your house in order. Steelers fans got to be pissy about something, so they got to feel slighted. That I mean, we are going to be slighted because TJ's not going to get it, and he should because of voter fatigue. That's the only reason you could chalk it up to. And Miles is fatigue. better. But I mean, fans are going to have this debate for decades from now. It's going to be a debate twenty years from now because they're both great. But I guess the definition of fan right, is short for what? Fanatical, right? Fanatic, yeah. And by definition, it's supposed to be hyperbolic. It's supposed to be crazy. It's supposed to be passionate. But 
there are three types of fans in my book. You have your really committed fans who show up no matter what for the team, whether they're winning or losing. They may have some bad things to say. They may have some good things to say, but they stay committed. They are true, true fans. Then we all know and we all hate the bandwagon fans. Bengals had a whole bunch of them once Burrow got on. There's a, there's a special place in hell for those people. <laughs> right? Special place in hell. And then we got football the cash. Hell. I won't send them to hell, hell. The hell football like, hell. Football hell, there's a special place in hell for bandwagon fans. And then we have the casual fan who comes in and tries to act like they're the, the first fan, like they've been there the whole time. But if that team loses, they're, they're more similar to the bandwagon fan. But they don't really pay attention to the, the intricacies of the game. They ask you stupid questions on game day, like, what's a first down? Like, get out of here. Don't talk to me anymore. That's not even a casual <laughs> fan. That's, that's or, an alien. Right. Um, or they claim to know what is actually going on. Like somebody asked me the other day, uh, is Tyrod Taylor still in Baltimore? Like, dude. And tries to act like he knows what's going on in the NFL. No, that's a casual fan that watches it sometime when it comes in across their CNN ticker or whatever. Bro, that's the only time they see it. Tyrod Taylor hasn't been in Baltimore in a decade. Exactly. <laughs> that's just that's just somebody being polite, trying to have a conversation with you. That's somebody who does not watch football at all. Right. This man no, got he, his lungs stats. He, he was like intense. I asked him. I was like, who do you think is going to win this weekend? Baltimore versus Steelers. Like Baltimore is playing there. Second string. He was like, oh, Tyrod Taylor's in the play? I'm like, no. Maybe <laughs> no, it was a Freudian not. slip because Tyler because uh, Huntley wears number two. Yeah. Like Tyrod did. Yeah, and all black quarterbacks don't look the same, Rich. Just <laughs> I'm just trying to give them just trying no, to give them an out. Trying to give them something. Because they're both have T names or whatever. But um No, it's it's more than number two. <laughs> that too. That too. But they do play alike though. Tyrod Taylor and Huntley do play. You're just giving him. You are you a casual fan, too, Rich? Maybe he just saw a Tyrod Taylor jersey at Marshalls, and Dude, he needed a reason to wear it. In social media, you get all three, and for the most part, by and large, our fan bases are true to the team, and you get two sides of the true fan. You get the overbearing wants to criticize everything that a team does, every decision that doesn't work out. They have hindsight. It's 2020 vision, and they just criticize, 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 and don't want to truly give credit if they don't like a particular player on the team. And then you have the, the other fan who's just very understanding of the situation. It's very realistic, like me. I'm realistic to all things Steelers. I get the process, and I, I have a little bit more insight than most. You're the Great. people's. You're the. You're the. You're but the I'm people's the people's champ. fan. The people's fan champ. Um, what side of this do you lie on? I know you. You all about your your dog pound. All about your Browns. And we've had conversations over the years. And I know you're very realistic when it comes to your team, more so than you would say the rest of the dog pound fandom is. Oh yeah, it's our. They annoy me. I love them, but we're like family that right. like you're constantly wanting to choke each other. That's me and the Browns fans because most of it is not realistic. And so when we were talking before, you're like, what, what makes a good fan? And I got one word for you, regardless if it's positive, negative, whatever you do it, people can go overboard. People can go over the line, right. but what makes a good fan is passion. If you're passionate, passion. whether it's, right. whether it's, positive, negative, whatever your emotion and feeling is that makes you passionate about your, your team, that is a good fan. The worst thing I think that can happen to a fan base or a fan or fans as a whole is when you lose your passion because then you become that other guy you're talking about, the casuals. Right. And there's a whole slew of teams, Cincinnati, and uh, <laughs> that when they're not good, they have no passion. And they only like to be passionate when they can talk mess to other people. Right. And that's it. Browns fans will talk mess to you, but they'll do it if you're 0-16 or they'll do it if you're 11-6. It's just yeah. what they Browns do. Browns fans have been living in purgatory for years. or Not even purgatory. Yes. Football hell for a while. Yes. But y'all never waver. No. Y'all never waver. And 
it's why me being on the side of the more realistic fan, because I look at it. So you and I will, to let people kind of inside this show, you and I, for a long time, we've texted on game day about both our teams and just what it could be a Cowboys Texans game on. And we're like, what the hell was that? Why was he doing that? Like I look at games and I watch games. I'm rooting for my team. But even when I like watch the Steelers, I hate um, ineptitude. Mm-hmm. And I hate just nonsensical things right. that Rise don't make sense to me because it's, I have, and I guess I'm more of a players fan because I can understand, and I'm not talking about like I root for players. I more empathize and understand on the player side, you're doing something physical. It's not always going to go your way. You understand mistakes more from a player because you have somebody combating you, so on and so forth. From a coaching and organizational standpoint, I have zero empathy. I have zero patience for ineptitude because your sole purpose is to put your team, franchise, whatever players in best position. You're going to make mistakes. You're not always going to make the right call, but there should at least be an understanding of why you did what. So as a Browns fan, when you do things like ask a homeless person, who should we draft? And you draft Johnny Manziel. And then even after knowing that he showed up to the combine just drunk and high and all of that stuff, right. you could you go ahead and still draft him, even though his skill set didn't warrant a first round draft pick. You trade back into the first round. I have zero patience for that. So I say all that to say this: the vast majority of my team's fan bases are Kool-Aid drinkers. It doesn't matter what they do, it's the greatest thing ever because the Browns did it. Oh, we drafted Johnny Manziel. Yeah, he's going to be on Sports Center. No, he's not. He's not going to be good. I want to drink world bleach right could now. Use a cup of that Browns hope because every year you guys have a shot oh. at the Super Bowl, no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. I love that though about y'all, and it's only and, a few fan bases who actually think that. And we have no reason to believe that. It's like the guy who like is broke, has twenty two dollars to his name. Ugly as all get out, but he's going to the club tonight and he's hitting on tens. Like hey, that's that's the Browns fan base. What's the quote? I love him for it. Shoot what's your the shot. Quote? Shoot your shot. You can't make it if you don't shoot it. Yep. And but there's that confidence there. That dude's going out there with smelling like turds and stains all over his pants, and he just knows he's gonna pull a dime tonight. He's gonna get one. That's all he needs. Yep. I you mean shoot at 30. If, all you need to do is make one shot. He might be dining and dashing the drink bill because he got some girl too drunk to realize she's going home with Mr. Stinky Pants, but that's <laughs> he, he's got a plan and he's gonna he's make it happen plan. and he's gonna, and he's gonna execute. And that's Browns fans. They just they just know like this is it, this is the year. And I don't get involved in that unless I truly believe it. Because See, I've been hurt too much. My relationship with that. the Browns is I've loved them, but they've never loved me back. Mm. Well, and I'm waiting for Nation, me back. We have expectations, and it's sometimes the hardest thing to deal with when you, uh, from a fan perspective, is knowing that we've had this legacy as a franchise that has always been one of the I'll top. I'll tell you who y'all are. I'm going to let you get this three, out, but then I'm going to tell you who y'all are at the end of this in the NFL uh, since the '70s, um, since we've elevated ourselves to that point, especially getting those Super Bowls in the early 2000s, and so. Now we have expectations, which is great, I think, but it's also maddening when people can't realize when the team isn't quite that good, doesn't have the yeah. talent uh, to really make a long playoff push. And that, and that's how you get into these, the weeds of we need a new coach, we need to do this, we need to do that. There's no patience at all for developing a team when you've been as good as the Steelers have been early on. And so – I get it. I love that because you want to have that as a fan base. You want to give them the hope that you are capable of making it to the big show uh, any given year. Like, dude, if you're not upset as a fan, you said the word passion. If you're not upset the next day and maybe the next two or three days, if your team loses on Sunday, you're not a you're not a true fan. Um, And you're definitely I got this buddy. Let's call him Chuck. Okay, he claims to be a fan. Of two teams, that is a no-no in my book. You cannot. <laughs> well, who are the two teams? Who are the two teams? Philadelphia Eagles and the Tennessee Titans. 
Tennessee Titans because he's from Tennessee. Okay. And I'm not even sure where the Philadelphia Eagles comes from. But we have our own little chat group. And he only talks about them when they're good. And he'll switch. Like, he hasn't talked a lot about Tennessee Titans this year. He just says they suck and they move on. He talks about Philly. Philly's coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Philly has ebbed and flowed a lot this year. They don't look like the same team from last year. He's been very adamant about talking about them. Very wordy. But and no, no Tennessee talk. He just said they, they suck. It's a dumpster fire. But I've never seen him with any kind of Philadelphia gear. He says he has a jersey. I've never seen it. Uh, he put his son in Tennessee clothes. He's from the. He went to the school, uh, University of Tennessee. If I had to say he's a fan of anything, he's a fan of his alma mater. So I'll give him that. that but sense. when it comes to pro team, you cannot be a true fan of two teams. That's a no no in my book. Um, I agree with you, especially with football, especially, especially the with NFL. Football. Right. Um, I I I want to touch on something you talked about with the Steelers fans first before I get well let me touch on your buddy Chuck's thing first I have two NFL teams I root for every weekend too the Browns and whoever's playing the Bengals (laughs) okay that's just part of your Browns fandom though actually yes it's an extension and then I'll take it further and whoever's playing the Steelers and Ravens I root for them as well okay and unless it can benefit the Browns in some way shape or form I never root for the Bengals Steelers or Ravens you know what I'm the other way I'm the other if, way. I want y'all to win so that when we play you, we beat you. It means and we're it truly means better. We, yeah. It means, well, no. So, like this weekend, for example, I want you guys to win mm-hmm. because then we won't have to play Baltimore in round two. That'll benefit me. I'm okay. good with that. There's two ways I to want, look at this. I get it. I want, I want you guys to win and I want Miami to win because then we'll host Miami and Cleveland next week while you mm. guys go to Baltimore. So, it's always got to come back to us. And like I have a, from the last couple of playoffs, I have a shirt that I made for the chiefs that says, give me arrowhead because <laughs> I would wear that when the chiefs played the Bengals. Yeah. So yes, I, I, I don't go against the Steelers and Ravens as hard anymore, but that's because of all these insufferable bandwagon Bengals fans that I've been around. Okay. But you agree. You can't be a fan of two you teams. No, like one the NBA, the NBA, I can, I get it. Um, no, Major League see, Baseball, I get it. NBA, I'm a Bulls fan when I was at Indy, but I would root for the Pacers because it's the local team. Yeah. Unless they played the Bulls. And then there's, there's players that like you'll follow. Like the NBA is such a players league and right. players change teams so much. Um, like right now, I'm a free agent for a Major League Baseball team for this season. We'll get into that as we get closer to baseball season because I got to have a team to root for this year. Last year I picked my team, didn't go so well. So this year I got to. I'm a Cubs fan, but you can't. Don't quiz we, me we'll, on who plays for the Cubs right now. So, but yeah, we'll have we'll to, to we'll, we'll have to dive into that as we get to spring training. Let right. me reverse it back to what you said about your fan base, though, because what you guys are as a fan base, I told you what we are. Mm-hmm. That you know we've been waiting a long time for them to love us back. Three times in my lifetime that I can remember the Browns going to the playoffs. Like that's that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal because this don't come around often. Saturday night. Oh, it is Browns a big deal game. for you. Yeah. But um you guys are as a fan base, the 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 spoiled wife whose husband's carrying her bag all the time. It's always what can you do for me? Yeah. It's yeah. the husband's the husband's changing the diapers. He's cooking the dinners. He's mowing the lawn. He's going to work. Y'all are the housewife. They're like, you didn't get that done. Well, no matter what, no matter what the Steelers do for you guys, you're not happy. Well, we're happy with the Super Bowls. That's about it. But I think more so now than this. And I think fans, Steeler Nation is more realistic than they have been in the past. Um, I, I think, think they're coming they, around to it, especially with the fact that we don't have Ben anymore. They understand that you need a Hall of Fame level quarterback. That's why the quarterback controversy that this year, the soap opera that has been this Ooh, year, has been so I forgot adamant and consistent this year because we know we're one quarterback away. If you get a great quarterback, and that's the one thing that's been consistent with all of our championship teams, we had a Hall of Fame quarterback. We had 
Terry Bradshaw, and we had Ben Roethlisberger. Those are the only quarterbacks we won Super Bowls with. And so I think the fan base knows that we need one of those type game changers at the position. So we're not as unrealistic. But at the same time, I love Steeler Nation because the interactions that I go through back and forth, they love their players. It's the only fan base I know that I've been in the Bahamas with my wife and somebody came up to me and said, are you Trey Essex? Dude, like who knows linemen? Who knows? I had a good career. It wasn't great by any stretch. I could have, I didn't realize my true potential. I could have been a lot better, but I was not a great player by any stretch. I was a starter for half my career. I backed up a lot, but Steeler fans know they're Steelers. Young, old, and different. They know they're Steelers. They know their backup linemen. They know their starting linemen. And that's what I appreciate about our fan base more than anything else because they love their players. As long as you put on the black and gold at one time, they'll love you for life. When we talked about it before, the other the other fan base that I know that is like that is Buckeye fans. Yeah. Like there's a we'll lot of similarities it. between the Steelers on Sundays and the Buckeyes on Saturdays. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and it, it that just is what it is. You guys got your towels. You got your renegade. You got your stuff. We got our stuff. We got our little kids shredding the guitar going into the fourth quarter out mm-hmm. on the stage. It's what we do. We smash the guitar before games now. Mm-hmm. Place is crazy. It's electric. Dude, when Chubb did that, that was pretty cool. On Thursday Night Football, that was pretty awesome. It's the first time yeah, I had ever seen it. I didn't even know you guys did it, but I'm a, I'm oh, a Nick yeah. Chubb fan. I'm a Nick Chubb Before fan. every game. Before every game, somebody comes out and they have a, a game captain that comes out and smashes the guitar before every game. But I... I I forgot, and I was reading this, and we'll see where it goes. I want to get to some of the coaching changes, but before we get to the coaching stuff, did you see who might be after your boy Mason? No. Talking about the Broncos coming after Mason Rudolph in the offseason. What? I told you he's going to get a look to start. They're not happy with Jared Stidham? Would you? Dude, I've been seeing so many reports of Russell Wilson going to Pittsburgh. I didn't see this one about Mason going to Denver. We do not – I cannot see in any world we give up that much cap space to bring in Russell Wilson. Just getting to a good place, a decent place in our salary cap. I don't see it happening. I'm not confident enough to make a prediction, but I did predict that Mason Rudolph would get a a look to start, so we'll roll that tape. One more tape I want to roll for you right now as we transition to coaches. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff, but I think I think Tomlin, if he left Pittsburgh, I think he would be – it would behoove him to sit out a year and really – because I think Kansas City and Seattle are coming open sooner rather than later. Ooh. We had it for Rod- you. Roddy Domus. Rody Domus, my Ro- bad. Rody Domus. Ro- Ro- Rostradamus. Rostradamus. That was that was very deft prediction of you about Peach Carroll. But dude, yesterday was crazy because that wasn't the only one. Yeah. Pete Carroll, Nick Saban walking away. Bill Belichick, his pressure was just a little bit ago saying goodbye to I, I caught a little bit of it in her. Oh, I want to thank you for all my time here in New England. Everything was good. It was <laughs> I got the most respect. We did a lot of good things. Good things, good things. And uh, a lot of Hall of Fame players, games about the oh, players. Like that was, that was like Bill Belichick's tone during the press conference. By the Ooh. way, I'm gonna go to the Falcons. I'm gonna go coach the Falcons next year. That's where I'm gonna go. <laughs> we'll get to that. I think I have him going to Atlanta right now too. Do you? But um, I do. Um, I Vrabel think, gonna go to New England. I think Vrabel goes to Washington. I think Josh Harris pulls out the playbook and gives Vrabel what he wants. What I read that he wanted in Tennessee and did not get, and that was um. Full control. They brought in Carson. Well, look at all the bad trades they had. Look at all the bad trades. A.J. Brown and paying Ryan Tannehill all that money. That's what set them back was bad trades and contracts. And that's why John Robinson got fired midseason. You never see a GM getting fired in the middle of the season. Um, But they did it. And that's when Vrabel was like, okay, this is my opportunity. But they brought in uh, Ron Carthon, the uh, former, I think he's a Florida Gator running back and – he was third, I think, behind – second or third behind John Lynch and San Fran. They brought him on to be GM in Tennessee. And uh, he looks like he wants to run his own ship. So, Brable's out there. I think Josh Harris writes a big old fat check, gives him full football control in Washington. 
I think uh, Harbaugh goes to the Chargers. You mentioned that. I think it would be uh, before you move on from that. It'd be so wrong because obviously the other team he's being linked to is the Raiders. And how bad would it be if the Raiders jacked that up again and didn't hire Antonio Pierce? Dude, that would be horrible. That would be horrible. I mean, they did it with Rich Basicia. They did it with Hugh Jackson. Interim coaches came in and did a good job, and they went elsewhere, and they sucked afterwards. Antonio Pierce has all the best players, all the important players in the locker room vouching for him. How could you not bring him back after what he did? Give him a year. Even if it's only a year contract, give him a year to see if he can expound upon what he did this year. How many do the Raiders have a first this year? What did they give up for Devontae Adams? I think they I don't got remember a first off the top of my head. Okay. Because I was just curious, just from the. This is Devontae's second year, though, with the Raiders. So I think yeah, the first round pick was this last. year. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I just don't know resource wise why the Raiders. Tax-wise, it makes sense as opposed to going to California. But in California, you got your quarterback in place already. You've got a ready-made roster right. with the Chargers. You got no pressure with the Chargers. There's there's no pressure for the Chargers to win. They just wrote Brandon Staley out for five, four years. Yeah, and you're going in the same division regardless if you go to the Raiders or Chargers. Right. Why not go to the better team, uh, the That's one that has a better to chance to, to beat Kansas City? But um, I think Harbaugh goes there. I think Antonio Pierce, I think Mark Davis writes his wrongs and keeps AP in a Raiders uniform. Um, I think the Panthers, I think they need to stick with the Vero, the defensive coordinator. They messed up when Steve Wilkes had that team going in the right direction last year. Yeah. Uh, had gave them an identity. They were really running the ball really well, and that defense was playing great. Panthers had the fourth-ranked defense this year. Don't go David Tepper and just – Spill drinks on all the other coaches like you do with the fans. Like, stay stay in house and pick, pick up a barrel. I think uh, Falcons go to Belichick, like I mentioned. I think the Pats hire within and go with Jared Mayo. Like they've been grooming them for this position for a while. Yeah. Um, I think the Titans go with Ben Johnson from Detroit, and I think the Thank Seahawks you. bring Dan Quinn. Yeah. To Seattle. And those are my predictions. I agree with all of that with the openings that are open now. I still think, depending on what happens, that Mike Tomlin could throw a wrench in that and decide he wants to go to any of those places, and then there's just a trickle-down effect that I don't know yeah. why I just have this feeling that New England has – I'll call it a 20% chance that if Mike Tomlin leaves. I think it's 50% he sits out a year. Twenty. Wow, you think it's 50% he sits out a year? I mean, it's really hard if, to quantify no, no, these no. percentages. No, no, no. I'm iffy, talking about iffy. if he leaves. Okay. If he if if he's not coaching the Steelers next year, I think it's a 50% chance that he just sits a year. And then with the other 50%, I think you have Patriots, Falcons. Um, I, I don't buy the Washington thing with Tomlin. And Chargers, depending on what Harbaugh does. Okay. I think Harbaugh wants to get his wrapped up sooner rather than later because of Tomlin. Who do you think that's the NFL? Those are our coaching predictions for the NFL. Is Alabama done? So I think the transfer portal and the NIL are the reasons why he's not coaching anymore. I, think, I agree. Simply put. I, I think it would be miserable to coach in college football right now. Yeah. You don't With see the, NFL certainly. coaches going to college like they used to. I talked to a few coaches. They want like coaches want any job, any assistant job they can get in the NFL because they're just tired of dealing with all the uncertainty that comes with well, well, NIL and a transfer portal. That's the other wrench that I think could be thrown in, and it's depending the on what Riley, does. Rich. No, Ryan Day to the Patriots. Ooh, uh, he doesn't have the right temperament for that for that crowd. He's just too. I don't think He's too meek. You don't. He lets, meek is uh, a bad word to say about a coach. He would be at Foxborough, still looking for Lou Holtz. <laughs> Suffer his suckerdash. <laughs> um, dude. But yeah, well, we got an exciting. Oh, we gonna do a little pregame action before our games this weekend, right? Yeah. You want to make sure you make sure you're you're tuning in with us. 
Uh, we haven't worked out the time yet, but I think we're going to do something before the Browns game and before the Steelers game. Yep. A little pregame. So we're Our not going to break down. Yeah, we're not going to break down those games too much today and tomorrow because we're going to do a little pregame for each game. And, oh, uh, we got my man. Plus, we got my man, Max. Yeah, we're going to talk to him tomorrow. We're going to talk to him I think tomorrow. Because of travel or something, we're going to do it over the phone or it's going to be just audio. We won't have him on video this time. But I think Max is going to come on quite a bit. I want to talk about food with Max. Oh, if anybody knows food, it's my guy, Max. Yeah, I want to talk about food with Max. And I, I want to talk about Florida football and oh. how sad it is. And then you go and piss him off <laughs> right away. And then I'll make him, then I'll make him happy again and talk about food. <laughs> but, yeah, all in all, it's Speaking going to be a good of food, show. I'm hungry. What did you have for dinner last night? Last night. I'm hungry Last now. night. Uh, what did I have? It wasn't memorable, obviously. We were going to do Chinese, which I love okay. some good Chinese. I hate we Chinese. Did. You hate what? You hate, hate Chinese, Chinese food? I don't know if it's a story suitable for on air, but when I was a kid, saw a bad story on the news when I was in D.C. visiting my family. Turned oh. it over for me forever. All right. Well, I love it. I love me some good chicken and broccoli with some fried rice or pork egg roll or... Chinese food restaurants make the best chicken wings. I don't know how they do it. But so, awesome. yeah, they got really good chicken wings. My brother loves the chicken. My brother loves Chinese food. And um, they and it's the full chicken wings. Like, it's not just like the drummy yeah, or the, the full ones. With the, the yeah. flap. It's it's a full full chicken wing. So you're not wrong there because they crisp them up nice. It's yeah, nice and do. crispy on the outside. I had a bowl yeah. of cereal. But apparently... We're not allowed to have wings on Sunday. We're not allowed to have buffalo wings on Sunday. You got to either, if we're going to have any kind of chicken as we go against buffalo on Sunday, it's supposed to be in the form of a chicken nugget or a boneless chicken wing, which there's no such thing as a boneless chicken wing. It's just a chicken nugget. Um, Yeah. So my daughter loves those anyway. So I'll I'll go along with the trend. I think uh, I love them. Adam Crawley from the fan. In Pittsburgh is the one that came up with this. Uh, Don't worry. I'll make sure I have enough for you and I both. Go ahead. Have at it. But, uh, yeah, brother. I mean, there's a lot going on yesterday, a lot to go on this weekend. We got a lot to say. Did you see my Did you see my cereal? My wife was giving me crap for this because I got the, the Crunch Berries Oops All Berries. Like the Captain Ooh, Crunch Oops All Berries. You got the All Berries Crunch Berries? Oh, yeah. Captain Crunch? Yeah. I ordered that for my son because he likes Captain Crunch Crunch Berries, like the cereal, but it has to be the yeah. mix. Straight berries is just too much. It's overwhelming. It's healthy. It's fruit. It's not. It's fruit. <laughs> it's fruit milk. It's good for That's you. That's what it is. Fruit flavored milk. <laughs> which milk. the best. There's some good There's some good cereal milk out there. The, the best cereal milk out there? Oh, hold on. I got to Underrated. Eat, gotta underrated. People don't. I don't know if people actually like the cereal. I love the cereal. Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks cereal. I milk. like Apple Jacks. It's top. Now I'll give top you three, but it's my favorite. Okay. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is, is the goat. Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk is the goat. So but, can we qualify this and say that all of the like chocolate cereals don't qualify because that's obviously chocolate milk, which chocolate is the milk. best. I don't even like those would cereal. all be those would all be the best though. Like we can't talk chocolate cereals because you're getting chocolate milk at the end, which is obviously the best. Right. So the non-chocolate cereal, because like Cocoa Krispies, best milk. Because you got the leftover chocolate milk in there, a little couple of little crispy bites in there. Mm. Dude, nothing gets soggier faster than the chocolate Krispies and the fruity fruity pebbles. Those things get so soggy so fast. You got to eat those in like 2.2. It's like oatmeal. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) it's like oatmeal that you're pounding. Because if you try to drink that milk with the soggy cereal in it, it just, it doesn't hit the same way. Have you ever done the, and I agree with you, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There's a Cinnamon Toast Crunch shot, and it is so good. It is so delicious. I don't like It is dangerous. I can't. I mean, I don't like sweet alcohol. Really? Yeah. Like, it does nothing for me. You know what? Tomorrow. I I want to ask you this tomorrow. Worst alcohol. Think about this. Tomorrow's show, worst alcohol experience. Like, not where you drank too much, but it was like the taste of something stuck with you. You drank it, and oh, you'll never know. touch it again. Okay. I already know what it is. Save that for tomorrow. Okay. Save that. Put that out on Twitter so that we can get other people's. But I want to talk about that tomorrow. Cool. 
so we're going to go get this done back tomorrow. Pre-game Saturday, pre-game. We got a full week, man. Look at us. We got a full hey. week. Look at hey, us. Look at us. Who thought we'd be look here? Not me. Who thought? <laughs> no, actually, I did. No, this is good. All right, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man.